is party time, Mom. Welcome to another episode, Hump Day episode of the Chat and Pray the Show. We are in Studio 22, the mother of all 22s, um, the mother of all motherships, Chance, the soulless ginger rapper, and little Mario, Chris Cruz, at the helm, flying us into the nether regions of AOC's dress. <laughs> See, that just works. A um, lot to get into today. Um, before we do, let me, let me pull up real quick. Where am I going to be tonight? Like, there probably is still time. You can come over to Augie's, Northwest Fort Worth, Boat Club Road. That's Northwest Tarrant County. That's Northwest Fort Worth. Uh, got a campaign event there. Tomorrow night, Thursday night, I am going to be at the Elks Lodge in Fort Worth on White Settlement Road. Uh, come out there. Hang out with us. Uh, going to be there. Weston Martinez, who's running for land commissioner, he's going to be there as well. Lots of stuff happening. We had a barn burner, Chris Cruz, last night. A pile of people. Got to give a shout out to 903 Brewers. That's an incredible brewery in Sherman, Texas. We were with the Grayson County Republicans. And let me tell you something. I was on fire. I was on fire, Chance. I had, for the first time ever, I never use notes in a speech, right? And for the first time ever, I had a little thing prepared. I wanted to just, you know, sometimes you want to give a speech that people can remember certain things, certain phrases for posterity. Like when they build my museum, my governor museum, you know, after I'm dead and gone, and, and they build a little shrine to Chad, they want to be able to frame it, sort of like Martin Luther King Jr. And, am I dreaming too big, Chris? I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm on track here. Like, like when, they, when they put up the Chad Prather had a dream speech, I want to make sure that, you know, people could go back and read these inspiring words. So I had a couple of pages of notes. I had Allison. Everybody knows Allison. She printed them off and she put them in an envelope and sent them with somebody that works for our campaign uh, to meet me at the event because I was coming up from South Texas. I get there and I open up the thing and, you know, I, I pretty much knew the words that I had written. I knew what I wanted to say. And um, I'm talking to these people and I'm, I'm flipping the page flipping the next page, and I'm only going to, you know, use this to open up this speech. And then I flip again, and guess what? The last page of my speech was missing. Chris, these are first-world problems. These Who got matter. fired? Nobody noticed, though, because I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm an orator. I am a professional communicator. <laughs> so it wasn't a problem, but a fantastic uh, event. Shout out to the Grayson County Republican uh, group over there and then friday night i'm going to be in where am i going to be i'm going to be in fredericksburg and then on saturday night going to be at uh in kerrville right there together so go to watchchad.com is where all the fun stuff is get some information and um i don't know if you guys know this or not our our campaign has picked up a ton a ton of momentum like i am more exhausted than ever before but I am more highly motivated than I've ever been. I mean, we're just we're picking up tons of momentum and uh, got some fun shows coming up here in the upcoming weeks. Uh, got to give a shout out to my buddy uh, Daniel Miller. He is the president of the Texas Nationalist Movement. He's going to be on the program uh, Tuesday, the 28th. So mark your calendar. Everybody wants to talk about Texit and this idea of Texas secession and Texas nationalism and Texas sovereignty. I've been very outspoken at events about this. Uh, you want to find out what it's all about? You got all your questions? You want to tune in on Tuesday the 28th. Tell all your friends. Actually, Chris, it should be the biggest episode ever. 
It should be the biggest step. If you love Texas, if you care about Texas, or you're interested in the future of America, trust me, you need to be interested in what's going on here in Texas. And we're going to have Daniel Miller on the show. We're going to talk about these things. Uh, Lots to get into on today's episode. We're going to talk about, of course, AOC. We saw that. We're going to talk about uh, the uh, the gubernatorial run in California, the the Gavin Newsom recall. We're going to get into those things. I got a few things that are going to just send me off the edge today. And you're going to be glad that you were watching this show. I want to encourage you to go to where podcasts are offered. Leave us a rating and a review. We deserve five stars. And where are we ranked today, Chris? We were at one... We were at like 136 yesterday. One which thing I, sucks. One actually. thing I want to tell people stop unsubscribing on Thursday. That's what's happening <laughs> to our podcast. You old people that listen to this podcast, just stay subscribed to the podcast. Don't touch it. Hit it once. You think they're unsubscribing? They are. I can see it. Damn. I can see it. That's why we keep dropping. Stay subscribed. You can rate as many times as you want. They want you to rate every single day. Every day. You only subscribe once. Stay subscribed. Stay subscribed. Don't hit any. Yeah, it's a good point. Anyway, one day we'll get there. We'll be we'll be Ben Shapiro one day. Um, I'll start using bigger words. I think people listen to people like Ben Shapiro just so they can appear smart. Use bigger words. Ben Shapiro. You didn't understand what Ben said. Use bigger words and speak a lot faster than you're speaking right now. Yeah, well, I don't think anyone can outfast my speech when I want to do it. No one. And certainly not Ben Shapiro, who I could put in my pocket. Hey, crazy story down in Argentina. They got those vineyards up uh, around 9,000 feet in the air. Well, this Malbec I'm holding in my hand right here comes from the third largest or third highest vineyard in the world. It makes a stronger grape. The Malbec. Let me tell you, the stuff they make down there is world-class. The 90-point wine down there, it's because of those grapes at high altitude. It's almost impossible to get this wine in the U.S., but obviously our show makes it possible when you go to cowboywines.com. These folks have been making wine for over 200 years in those mountains, and trust me, they have perfected these Malbecs. Uh, When you go to cowboywines.com, they're going to give you 50% off of your order plus 50% off of shipping. You don't need a promo code or anything else. Um, Blackberry, cherry, uh, actually scroll back down on that. I I haven't read the fine notes of this. Blackberry, dark cherry, leather, and smoke and pairs great with steak. I just like sounding sophisticated. Uh, But you want to go to cowboywines.com, get your discount, get your deal, get it shipped in while you still can. Because trust me, things are crazy in Argentina right now, and this deal will not be, it won't be available forever. Cowboywines.com, we will be right back. All right, so Larry Elder, God bless him, uh, running against Gavin Newsom in the recall election in California. Didn't work. And I know everybody, they want to come in there and they want to say, oh, the election was, it was fraudulent, it was stolen, blah, blah. Okay, let me just stop you right there. Every, not everything's rigged, okay? Just because the election doesn't come out the way you want it, not everything is rigged. California's already crooked as a, we already know that, okay? They didn't have to rig that election. There was no reason to rig that election. California, if my memory serves, had about 6 million people turn out to vote for Trump in 2020. Only 3 million turned out for this recall election. So the fault is on the lack of turnout on the part of Republicans there. And let me also say that basically one third 
of the voters. And I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure if I remember right, there's about one third of the voters in California are foreign born, right? So a huge number. Maybe it's like 25%, but either way, they're foreign born. Uh, so you have a lot of Asians, you have a lot of Hispanics, but you also have uh, uh, the black community as well. Now, they're not foreign born, obviously, but they're about you know, 60%, 70% of that community is going to vote Democrat. The same way with the Asian population, same way with the Hispanic population. So California's screwed. They're just putting nails in their coffin. Um, they've reelected Satan so, um, or made sure that he stays in office. And um, I'll talk a little bit more about that, but uh, play a little clip of the Larry Elder speech, please, Chance. My opponent, Governor Gavin Newsom. Come on. Let's... Let's, let's be gracious, let's be gracious in defeat. And by the way, we may have lost the, the battle, but we are going to win the war. I wish I, wish I gr- agreed with that. Uh, I just think California is, unfortunately, while California is filled with, re- it has some really great people there, they are screwed by the bureaucracy of Sacramento. Um, you know, I've consistently said, if we're going to build a wall, let's, let's continue up the coast of California and, and put it around San Diego and Los Angeles and Sacramento and uh, San Francisco and Oakland. And, because, again, the big cities are controlling everything. Uh, again, the number one state in America for ranching, for farming, for agriculture. And you know the type of values that most of those folks have. Um, and those are salt of the earth values. You know good and well Gavin Newsom and his, you know, French laundry eating habit in the middle of uh, a COVID shutdown. He does not represent those people's values, right? So there were large companies and a lot of notable people. They chipped in some pretty high donations to um, make sure that Gavin Newsom stayed in office during this recall. Uh, Here's some names, you know. Uh, George Soros gave a million dollars. Uh, Priscilla Chan, who is Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook, uh, that's his wife. She gave $750,000. Um, the Netflix CEO, Reed Hastings, he gave out, he gave $3 million. Um, Airbnb, the Airbnb Inc. supplied $100,000. NBC Universal Media LLC gave $50,000. Warner Brothers gave $40,000. Uh, Anthem Blue Cross gave $100,000. Um, so you kind of see a trend there. And um, that's the deal. I mean, you know, that's the deal. So get out of California while you can. But it's, it's interesting to me, and I made a point of this in last night's talk uh, in Grayson County. And, and one of the things that I said was there's a lot of people who are coming here from California. When I say here, I mean Texas. Like they've opened the door to Silicon Valley. So uh, the governor here, he's brought in. Facebook and Amazon and, and Google and, and uh, Tesla and, and various other ones that maybe you don't know who they are, but they've thrown the doors wide open. And I know there's people around Texas who have said, well, they're providing jobs for uh, Texans. Well, apparently not anymore that you're going to be mandated to get a vaccine. And if you don't get that, you're going to lose your job. Uh, so guess what they're going to do? They're going to continue to import Californians who have already been not only uh, indoctrinated, but inoculated and uh, injected they're just going to keep bringing those folks into texas that's what we mean when we say don't california my texas but i will say to the good conservative individuals and families that are in in california uh get the hell out because damn it's it is a sinking ship california 
uh, really, really bad. I don't know, though. Honestly, I want to believe what Larry Elder said in that little clip right there, that they lost the battle, but they're going to win the war. I, I, I would love for that to be true. Um, there, there, there's something very beautiful, something very aesthetic about just everything, you know, the, the landscape to the climate, everything in California. I wish that their politics and their values mirrored the beauty of the state. Um, that is, unless you're in Fresno and you, you know, happen to break down by an overpass and then you're going to get attacked by zombie-like homeless people. But that's another story. All right, let's talk about what everybody wants to know, and that is my opinion on AOC going to this Met Gala. Um, pop up that dress that she was wearing there. Uh, she had on the white dress, and it, on the back it said, Tax the Rich. She, she sort of looks like a Chick-fil-A bag, doesn't she? Um, I wish she was closed on Sundays. Like, if we could just have one day where we didn't have to hear from AOC. Now, AOC is, but let me just give you my opinion here, and I think I'm right. AOC is an is a in- interesting political puzzle right there. Now, we all know her history, right? She's the bartender who was, you know, runs in the Bronx, you know, very small um, uh, district right there. She gets elected. She's, you know, nobody knows where she comes from in terms of her experience. She doesn't have any, and she's in Washington, D.C., and now she's one of those powerful voices in Washington, D.C. This is what I mean, Chris, when I start talking about the puppet masters of politics out there they love to basically create celebrity politicians. And those are the people who, it's the, it's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. They are the ones who are out there screeching, out there getting the attention, and they make sure the media focuses on them, and they become a media darling. And then all of a sudden, their voice is the one who is being uh, heard the most. So you remember whenever the Green New Deal was proposed, right? AOC was kind of at the helm of this weird and wacky thing, everything from trains to Hawaii to getting rid of airplanes, getting rid of cars. Everything had to be, you know, get rid of the farting cows. Everything was going to be green energy. It was going to be like, what, a $90 trillion, um, you know, overhaul of everything. And, you know, it was just, it was outrageous. And then all of a sudden, people started giving credence to it. So now you even have the president of the United States, wacky Joe Biden, President Sippy Cup himself, who is actually doing this stuff with, with like this $9.3 trillion infrastructure bill, much of which actually lends credence and gives funding for Green New Deal ideas. So you see where this came in. You had a nobody who was a bartender. She becomes a congresswoman. They continue to give her attention. They, she comes out with the wackiest of ideas. Now, you think she came up with those ideas? Absolutely not. But you got people who get behind it. You got the money of Silicon Valley, and then all of a sudden it becomes normalized in Washington, D.C. So, I mean, the Green New Deal was like, okay, who wrote this shit with a crayon? Like, this is something an eighth grader could draw up, and now we're actually funding this with $9.3 trillion? The point I'm making is it's the puppet masters at play. So she goes to this Met Gala, right? This thing, she's in the dress, tax the rich. The hypocrisy there is that is a $30,000 Deal. You got to pay $30,000 to get a ticket to go to this thing. Apparently, she took her whole team there and spent like a quarter of a million dollars on this thing. Um, but yes, let's tax the rich. Um, the American Accountability Foundation, AAF, conservative watchdog group, has filed an ethics complaint against AOC over her attendance at the lavish, lavish Met Gala in New York Monday night. Uh, she sparked media firestorm after she wore a white dress with the slogan "Tax the Rich," which, by the way, the dress looks a whole lot like one that Joy Vila wore. Yeah. 
uh, a while back. And um, anyway, the congresswoman, she responded to critics flying off the handle, flying off the handle over her attendance, explaining in a tweet that New York elected officials are routinely invited to and attend the Met due to our responsibilities in overseeing and supporting the city's cultural institutions for the public. Um, yeah, they said she was a guest of the museum, but apparently, apparently uh, they're investigating her uh, for receiving an impermissible gift to attend the gala. Uh, yeah, when you start when you start giving away thirty thousand dollar access uh, to individuals who are in office, is a little something wrong with that? Um, forget the tax the rich thing, but you want to talk about? I mean, can you imagine being some New York billionaire, right? And you go to the Met Gala, Chris, and you're in there, and here comes this chick wearing a tax the rich thing, and you're like, you're a guest at my event. Uh, this is where the the snooty, bougie, rich uh, of the rich, you know, are at this event, and you're going to wear it. That's where you're going to pick to wear a tax the rich dress. It's like, very interesting to see how she is even disconnected from the one percent. That no. she doesn't understand that attending the Met Gala with tax the rich is not going to go well. No, the complaint. It was filed. Um, it says that since AOC described her attendance at the Met Gala as part of uh, her official duties, the receipt of the gift must fall under either the widely attended event or charity event exemptions as defined by the House rules. Anyway, um, you got the uh, oh, you got a you got a video for that chance. Let's let's see that. Play that sucker. I mean, this is the trick that people use all the time, right? They want you to think that when we talk about rich, we're talking about a doctor or a lawyer instead of someone with hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars. That's what we mean by rich. Okay, so let me go back. Well, who she's describing are the very puppet masters that put her in that position. Hence my cry of foul hypocrisy. Has she cleared that speech by Daddy Soros? <laughs> because if I'm Daddy Soros and I put her, you know, in that position, do I want the government to take more of my money? Right. Well, you see, that's the whole thing. Guys like Soros and the other uh, super rich, they don't, they don't get taxed the way other people do because they know how to hide their freaking money. The hypocrisy is, is palpable. Um, anyway, uh, I mean, how much are you going to tax them? When you're proposing, again, a $9.3 trillion infrastructure bill and putting that out there to pass, um, do you know, like if you taxed all the billionaires, like if you took all the money from all the billionaires and just put it, like that is going to fund the, uh, the budget for what, three months? I mean, that's the whole deal. If you took all their money, like you taxed them 100%, took all the billionaires' money, the Bill Gates, the Mark Zuckerbergs, the whoevers, you took all their money, it would fund the government for three months. So, you know, that's, that in and of itself is stupid. But the hypocrisy there is you were put in place by the rich. Your proposals, which, again, could be written up by a seventh grader, have been pushed through by the rich. Uh, it's the rich that are in control. Uh, she doesn't mean, you know, the George Soros is otherwise. She doesn't mean them. 
No, what she means, she exactly means the doctors and the lawyers and the people who are from a, who are at a higher income bracket. She's not talking about the guys that own the islands, you know. Where's Obama? Is, is Obama chipping in? I mean, is it, like you can pay all the taxes you want to pay. Like there's nobody holding you back from making some donations to the IRS anytime you want to do it. So this this, you know, walking around in political hypocrisy like a billboard and some kind of virtue signal that makes you somewhat, you know, uh, you know, you watch what happens. See, I've said over and over again, AOC at some point in time, see, she's too busy being in power right now. And maybe she'll be one of those who stays there because she she loves power more than anything else. But it's what's going to be interesting to me, and I've said this for a long time, is when she's done in Congress, they'll just pay her $25 million a year to be a commentator on MSNBC, yep. right? So, so either way, she's going to be very, very rich. Um, you think she's, you know, scrounging in Washington, D.C. on her $174,000 a year salary as a congressperson in D.C.? If you believe that, I got a bridge I want to sell you. I really do. Um, so, so excuse me, AOC, while I don't sit back and grovel at the feet of the IRS and uh, decide to pay them a little extra uh, so you can go to your stupid-ass gala. Oh, man. What do we want to do? Hey, Bespoke Post. You know what my new Bespoke Post? Uh, Allison. Everybody knows Allison. She went by the house. I was out of town. She went by the house a Monday afternoon. And she was waiting on some packages to be delivered. My new bespoke post. So I don't know what's in it. I can't wait to see. Uh, but when you sign up with bespoke post, you get your box of awesome collections. You take the little test on there and it, you kind of fill out the, the survey and tell them the things you're interested in. And what they do is they have folks that are these small and up and coming brands who are promoting themselves. They put stuff in the box. So if it's if it's stuff with grooming goods or barware or just cool shit for you, like like if you want to if you're an outdoorsy kind of person, like I love it, dude. I like I, they send me the best stuff. Um, I actually featured one of the uh, items they sent me in last month's box on one of my TikTok videos. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. They 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 sent me like they sent they sent me like a um like stuff that I don't even realize. I didn't even know it was such a thing, and now it's it's revolutionizing my life. But anyway, they're going to release new boxes every single month. Tons of different categories to choose from. Free to sign up. You can skip a month. You can cancel it anytime. It's only 45 bucks a month, but it's always got over $70 worth of gear, and it's usually a lot more than that. So get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com. Enter the code WATCHCHAD, WATCHCHAD at checkout, boxofawesome.com, WATCHCHAD for 20% off your first box. Hang tight. We'll be right back. This is incredibly huge news. Uh, genealogists, see, see, don't forget, no matter what, this is the age we live in. doesn't matter what you do in your lifetime. Now, what matters is what happened with your ancestors. Genealogists will dig through your life, and you will be guilty by association. But uh, we all have a sordid past and a sordid history, and a sordid lineage somewhere. 
uh, down right. But genealogists recently conducted a thorough review of President Joe Biden's heritage. Guess what? His ancestors owned slaves. Racist! Racist! Which, look, we didn't have to dig too far into history to know that Joe Biden's racist. This is the guy who eulogized Robert Byrd, uh, it, uh, who was a former grand poobah of the KKK, and called him, you know, one of his dearest friends. Uh, this is a guy who talked about uh, Barack Obama being smart and clean. Uh, th- this is a guy, you know, this is a guy who was for segregating uh, the buses. And this is a dude who called uh, the black community uh, super predators. Uh, th- th- like, we didn't have to dig too far back to know that some weird racist crap flows through the blood of Joe Biden. All you got to do is listen to the words of Joe Biden himself. But apparently he gets it honest. Alexander Bannerman, who, along with presidential lineage expert Gary Boyd Roberts, uh, they uh, told Politico recently that two of Biden's great, great, great grandfathers were slave owners in Maryland in the 1800s. Um, so there you go. Um, the uh, they uh, in 1860 census records show that Randall and his family had moved to Baltimore County's 13th district. Bannerman said, and an 1860 slave schedule for the 13th district again shows Randall enslaving. Uh, a single man. Um, so <laughs> you make sure to add that Biden's ties to slavery were relatively modest. Not a lot of ancestors and not a lot of slaves. Like, I don't know how many is too many. Like, I don't know how many you got to own to uh, uh, <laughs> like, see, Chris, this is why I don't dig into my people get into this family tree stuff and their lineage stuff. And I've got family members who have done that. And occasionally they'll tell me stuff. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't want to know. Like, I know how big of a heathen I am. I don't need to dig back into my great-great-great-great-grandfather's sordid past and, and see who, what human beings he might have been buying, right? But this is what we do know. And if you understand statistics and you understand history and you understand uh, just the way this thing works, you know statistically that not that many people actually own slaves, in those days, you had to be pretty wealthy, right? You had to be pretty wealthy to own slaves. So we know that Joe Biden gets a lot of things honest. Uh, maybe maybe great-great-grandfather was the big guy back then uh, in the 1800s. <laughs> maybe, maybe they were given 10% for the big guy back then, um, and except 10% was human beings. So uh, not a lot of ancestors, not a lot of ties to slavery. Um, and Chad, last week, you know, we played the... Larry Elder, what if Larry Elder was a Democrat and the person? Imagine if this was a lineage of Donald J. Trump, former president. Imagine. Imagine. So to your point, remember, remember that one of the big media items to try to crucify Donald Trump. And by the way, I want to talk about this in the next segment. I've come up with a whole new theory that's just going to blow people's minds. Uh, but you remember the whole thing that they were trying to blow Trump up about was his, they said his father was in the Klan. They said that uh, Daddy Trump was, was in, the, in the Klan, all because he was at an event where the Klan was at in New York one time. And so they said, well, he was at a Klan rally. Um, that's like me going to a church somewhere, and then somebody says, do you know that uh, Deacon Earl over there is a member of the, you know, the white nationalists? And I was like, no. Oh, well, you must be a white nationalist because you went to church with Deacon Earl. This was the same kind of thing. So the other crap, like this is something that Biden said the other day in campaigning for Gavin Newsom in California, the thing he said against Larry Elder. 
Biden, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, I ran against the real Donald Trump. And he goes, I know what the real Donald Trump is all about. And I beat the real Donald Trump. And he said, now here in California, Gavin Newsom is fighting against the direct uh, replica of Donald Trump here in California. He called Larry Elder. Now get this. He said he is just another Trump. Now, isn't that funny that they always called Trump a racist, right? He was like the most racist guy in history in terms of how they made him out to be. And then you're going to say that Larry Elder is a direct replica of Trump. But Larry Elder's black, so that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, that logic, Joe, doesn't line up. How can you say that, I mean, that in and of itself, you're you're saying that a black man is like Trump and therefore by association— He must be racist, too. Now, how do I make that connection? Because if you listen to the words of Biden and Gavin Newsom as they were campaigning, they kept talking about how this was going to be so detrimental for the black community to elect Larry Elder. Larry Elder's black for crying out loud. I know. And maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe Joe Biden's great, great, great grandfather owned Larry Elder's great, great, great grandfather. I mean, let's just... I mean, maybe they, maybe they have an inside track or something like that to know the heart and soul of a black man. Maybe maybe uh, Joe is so in touch with the black community because his family owned them. But no, nobody's going to say anything about that. Nobody's going to bring it up. Nobody's going to make an issue. Now, again, I, for one, and of course, I'm being facetious. I, for one, am not the kind of person who's going to make you guilty because of what your ancestors done had done. I don't have to do that. I have the words of Joe Biden today. But it's interesting that the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? Uh, so anyway... Uh, and it always, it sort of does matter when old Scranton Joe, you know, lunch pail Joe, uh, who loved talking about uh, and touting his heritage as the centerpiece of his public persona. I think I would jump off of that narrative, Joe. Um, the fact that Biden's ties to slavery, however distant and modest, were not spoken of before now is somewhat surprising, especially in a day and age. When other politicians' ancestry, uh, ancestral slavery connections have come to the forefront. Um, you got Mitch McConnell. You got Beto O'Rourke. I mean, this, this, you know, hey, I'll tell you another one. I'll tell you another one. You know another slave owner? Kamala Harris's family. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. You guys just keep electing, um, if you want to call it that, uh, keep electing these uh, old slave owners interesting i'm just curious what did a genealogist ever dig into donald trump's past to see if his family owned slaves i mean maybe he did. i don't know but i never heard anything about that and you know if it was there and it existed it would be all we heard of that would be all we heard about but i don't quite remember that narrative being touted out there so that would have been his third impeachment <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna impeach you for what daddy frank did it would have been the october surprise <laughs> oh frank trump <laughs> oh man oh man donald john trump he's slave owners that's i don't know if you i don't know if you know slave owners i know quite frankly i know slave owners joe's one of them <laughs> what was it it was his great 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 grandfather uh racist we need to make a, we make it, need to, we need sound effects. I decided after watching this show the other day, we need sound effects. Like we need bubble sounds. We need something to go, racist. We need, we need all that stuff. Oh my gosh. Uh, but the puppet master, Mark, he's lazy. He doesn't do any of this stuff. 
Then uh, that's why we're keeping you, Chancy, keeping you around. Hey, is the failure of leadership in our government making you nauseous? Maybe they're racist. Um, are you feeling nauseous on your commute right now? All of those train subways and bumper to bumper traffic making you sick to your stomach. You got to check out Relief Band. It's the number one FDA cleared anti nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, man- migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. It's 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, provides all-natural relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. Here's how it works. Relief band stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal to your brain that is sending that signal to your stomach telling you you're sick. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea for patients, but now through Relief Band, it's available to the masses. You can get it, folks. Anyone who deals with nausea knows uh, how awful that can be. This is not a product you want to miss out on. Let me tell you something. I was, we were at our event last night, and a good friend of ours um, good friend of ours was there, and she got a little nauseous, and I said, you need the Relief Band. Uh, so go to reliefband.com. It was warm in there. It was warm, Chris. Uh, yeah, it could have been me. Could have been me. Don't know. Could have been me. Uh, reliefband.com. Use promo code WATCHCHAD. You're going to receive 20% off. Plus, you're going to get free shipping. No questions asked. 30-day money-back guarantee. That's reliefband.com. Use promo code WATCHCHAD. 20% off. We'll be right back. Uh, let me remind everybody, when you go back and you watch those clips of AOC at the Met Gala, something to notice about those uh, rich, bougie people, none of them are wearing masks. Your five-year-old has to wear one to school, mind you, but none of them at the Met Gala, they weren't wearing masks. No, and they weren't socially distanced either. The hypocrisy is palpable. Um, I'll tell you something, Chris, and I keep bringing this up. If people think I'm trying to sell them something. I'm not, right? I'm not. The, the greatest thing I've discovered ever, at least in, in the last however many years of my life, my buddy, Travis Wilson, former Green Beret, special ops guy, he's got this supplement company, bro, I'm telling you. Like, I do my field of greens, which I love. I do it, I do it every morning. And I've got all this. Bro, he's got this sleep aid stuff. You drink it in a powder, Chris. Do you sleep good? Do you? I don't. I don't sleep for crap, bro. I have to drug myself with... Uh some cbd oils with thc and then i sleep <laughs> so thc <laughs> <laughs> well this stuff that uh travis has got alpha elite they, they don't like it won't put you to sleep but once you're there buddy you stay i feel like a million dollars bro um like it's a new lease on life so anyway i'm all hyped up today uh anyway the um it's all from good sleep anyway um i want to talk about norm mcdonald uh, Norm Macdonald was a comedy genius. He passed away after nine-year battle uh, with cancer. And I remember when Dennis Miller was on my show, um, and Dennis is a super genius too. I told him, I said, you know, I was asking him, I said, I said, Norm Macdonald's got to be one of the smartest guys on the planet, right? And he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, he's, he's got to be approaching like a 200 uh, IQ. And, he, and, you know, so... I was saddened, shocked and saddened to hear the news of Norm passing away. Just a comic genius. But here's a great clip. Play this for us, Chance. See, I, I, don't, I think we should get the homicide out of the White House and get like a 
uh, a fresh start, because we don't want any more murderers. I no, think we, we should just go on to the next question. Oh. <laughs> Who are the murderers? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Clinton, he murdered a guy. Yeah, you know, we're not allowed to put out no, 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 no accusations without That's a little Charlie. too far. That's the way it does let's work. Just, let's just go on to the next question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is not my week. What can I tell you? <laughs> oh, it's not mine either, and I'm being very nice, okay? <laughs> Be a good boy. Now, Norm. Do you never hear that? No. Listen, no, we don't need I to don't talk about this. I don't want to get into this, and I don't want to hear it, and this is not the place to make those accusations. And you're supposed to be funny. Let's get on to the There you go. <laughs> this is a live show. Not for Norm, but you have been properly chastised by Barbara. Uh -huh. So I'm not going to ask the next question. I thought it was a matter of record. Shut no. up. <laughs> Shut up. Look, okay. let me do this, okay? okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what. That's what happens. Don't have a comedian on your show uh, if you don't want it to get off the rails. I love Norm. I like that, that clip when he's talking about COVID, uh, when he's doing stand-up, and he says, well, at least we all know how we're going to die now. Like, we just don't know in what order. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. But anyway, sad to hear about Norm, and uh, dude just had a, a, just titanium balls uh, and, pulled, and pulled no punches. Uh, anyway, I love the guy, and uh, he's going to be missed. All right, we got to make me feel guilty. I have no idea what the TikTok is. Let me see it. I made a comment on one of Miss April's recent videos about PBIS in which I stated that PBIS is white supremacy with the hug. And a lot of y'all wanted to know more about that. So here we go. First of all, thank you to Jack Copa, who um, reminded me that um, Dina Simmons was the first to coin this term. So thank you, Jack, so much. So if PBIS concerns itself with positive behaviors, um, we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, what are those positive behaviors? And it's things like making sure that you're following directions and making sure that you're sitting quietly and you are in your seat and all these things that come from white culture. The idea of just sitting quiet and being told stuff and taking things in in a passive stance is not a thing that's in with many cultures. So if we're positively enforcing these behaviors, we are by extension positively enforcing elements of white culture, which therefore keeps whiteness at the center, which is the definition of white supremacy. Okay, so if people, if you watch that, like, <laughs> first I had to look up what PBIS is, right? Like, like while that was playing, I'm looking up PBIS. Like that is how you manage basically like children, right? In a classroom and things like that. Reinforce behavior. You guys need to sit down. You need to behave. You need to act right. You know, crisscross applesauce, blah, blah, blah. Or as they call it, sitting Indian style. Or as Indians call it, just sitting. Uh, but this whole thing is like, so if that's racist, by comparison, what you're saying is that being orderly and under control is a symbol of the white community and white supremacy. So that means that the black community, by default, must be out of control. Maybe they're rioting in the streets. Maybe they're burning down buildings, burning down their own communities, you know, mostly peaceful riots. Uh, maybe that he's saying that that is like normal behavior for the black community, which I typically and I think most folks in the black community 
would agree with me when I say, that's pretty offensive, you dick. Uh, like, to sit there and say that to be orderly and to be calm and to re reinforce behavior and good behavior is, is a sign of white supremacy because we're all supposed to be genteel like all the white folk are, then that is saying that black people can't control themselves? What kind of pablum BS are you guys peddling out here and believing? Like, first of all, when that guy pops up on the screen, like all of these TikToks you show me, they get my, just, just get me pissed off. Like, I, I don't even have to, you don't even have to open your mouth. Here's another sign of my white privilege. I immediately judged you. Like, just from the part of your hair, you little Caucasian Urkel. Like, I judged you immediately. You didn't even have to say anything. And then you started talking about some random PBIS shit, which nobody's talking about. Nobody's talking about PBIS. And how you control a classroom and how you tell children, okay, hey, let's line up. Don't say that. That's white supremacy. What you doing lining people up? Is that like black people on the slave market? I mean, what? This is the kind of thing that just irritates the crap out of me, Chris. They say, okay, okay, kids, we need y'all to quiet down. Well, that's white supremacy. Only white people know how to quiet down. Black people are supposed to be loud. Black people don't know how to walk in a line. Black people don't know how to keep it under control. That is by, just by deduction, what this stupid fool said. Am I wrong? Nope, that's what he said. You gotta act chaotic. If you, if you, if you act in any way, you know, golly. By the Don't way. keep it under control. You let your kids go wild. Let them, let them paint on the walls. Give them some magic markers. Turn them loose at grandma's house. They can paint grandma. Uh, just, just let them go nuts. Let them go nuts, man. Don't try to keep any semblance of discipline or order or control. None of that stuff. It's all a sign of the white supremacy patriarchy uh, that's, that's keeping probably keeping gay people down, too, for some reason. And these are all the people that are teaching your kids right yes, now. Yes, they as are. And this speak. is why I go back to the point, Chris. I go back to yep. the point of saying you keep sending your kids to these public indoctrination camps called school. And you don't love your kids. You just don't love your kids. You don't love your kids. I mean, watch these clips we're showing you. People are like, how dare you say I don't love my kids for sending them to school? Then get involved and make a change. Do something about it. That's the way the folks did it in Grayson County did it, and they're seeing results. We'll be right back. We are at a tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org chosen. You know, I said that I had this great, incredible theory that I've been thinking about the last couple of days. Well, I can't, I don't have time to tell you on this episode. You're going to have to, you're going to have to tune in tomorrow night, Thursday. Um, and, uh, but it is, it's rather profound, and, and it's going to be something you're going to go, hmm, interesting. Uh, come out and see us um, this week in Elks Lodge tomorrow night, Thursday night. 
uh, going to be there in Fort Worth and also going to be in Fredericksburg this weekend, Friday night and uh, Saturday night in Kerrville. Uh, come hang out with us. Uh, here's a review from Robert. Thank you for using a name that we can actually pronounce. Uh, scroll back down. Let me see. Then I see Robert. Uh, it's Trucker102669. Uh, just finished listening to the podcast, and we need more people talking about truckers shutting down. If you would please say again, thank you. Uh, somebody came at me the other day and said that idea wouldn't work because there's no privately owned trucking companies anymore. They would just ship people in from other countries to drive their trucks. Um, but do you know how much money that would cost the trucking owners? I'm telling you, that's the whole point. They might find a way to go on, but it not without great cost. So you shut it down. You start shutting down industry and enterprise. They will wake up and realize that we, the people, have the power to control what the federal government is doing, folks. It's gotten out of control, gotten out of control. Tomorrow night, going to get off the rails, going to give you my wackadoodle theory. I think you're going to like it. Uh, and then, again, go to watchchad.com. That's where all the fun stuff is. And subscribe to Blaze TV. Five-star rating, folks. That's what we need. Do it. We love you. God bless. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye.